the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. your money. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial money, investing more. Happy August 14th. Big event coming up a couple days from now. Uh, Saturday Seminar San Rafael. Learn more about it. Sign up, support the show. You can um, head on over to robblack.com. It's robblack.com. There's two events. There's one on creating wealth. There's one on managing wealth. It's the only time I get to Marin all year long. Um, so this is probably it. Sometime I'm going to stop doing seminars and... Uh, just have a normal weekend like most people do, if you know what I'm saying. Anyway, you can sign up for the events at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Uh, a little story out there today. Um, gold demand sinks about 16% in the second quarter. Hmm. Be interesting to see how gold plays off news like that. S&P 500 up 4. The Dow's up 21. The NASDAQ up 6. Um... Couple stories. Keurig Green Mountain Coffee said that they're going to hike coffee prices by up to nine percent. Your cup of Joe's going to get a little bit more expensive, becoming the latest major drink maker to cover soaring coffee costs. Um, you know, Kraft Foods did it. J.M. Smuckers did it. Starbucks has done it. Um, Smuckers, I think. Kraft. One of them owns Folgers, and the other one owns Maxwell House. Um, and again, it's it makes sense. The packaging. Costs a little bit more money. Um, coffee costs a lot more money. Uh, transportation costs a lot more money. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Walmart in the news today. Walmart cut its full year profit forecast, citing higher employee health care costs and enhanced um, expenditures tied towards their online business. They've got 1.4 million employees in the United States. They raised their estimate for health care costs this year to $500 million, up from $330 million. Um, the retailer also reported flat same-source sales, excluding fuel for the second quarter. is the sixth quarter of decline or no growth. Um, so department stores are struggling, and it's just they own so much space. That's the, I think that's going to be the thing that you know haunts a lot of these guys. Um, department store operator Kohl's, they report it results on Thursday. So that's going to be later today. Um, their same store sales were up about 1.3%. So Walmart added a new head of online, and Walmart's trying to compete with Amazon in online. And, you know, over the years, their the advantage that Amazon has will get a little bit less. Um, stated income loans are making a bit of a, a comeback, telling you that real estate's starting to get speculative again. So be careful. Um, you know, the more you hear from real estate people and mortgages about now's the time, now's the time, now's the time, it's trouble. So a mortgage applicants who can't provide tax returns or pay stubs show their income, they're starting to see stated income loans come back. And I can go, okay, so Brandon, uh, how much do you make? And you can go, $1 million. I'm like, Really? Really? And that's what goes on the loan, and he qualifies for any loan that he wants. It's called a liar loan or a stated income loan. Not all stated incomes against the law. Like um, some 
professional athletes and actors, they don't really want to provide information like that. They don't want to go through that process, so it makes sense on them, per se. Um, but lenders uh, say they're not the same products as the so-called liar loans that were pervasive before the housing bust. Instead, the loans are going to be borrowers such as small business owners or investors buying properties they intend to rent who can demonstrate an ability to repay. They're viable through bank or brokerage accounts. Uh, lenders say they look for enough assets to pay 6 to 12 months of payments, while also demanding high down payments to reduce the chance of default. Okay. Sounds to me like it's still a liar loan. So, um, and you know, I've worked with a lender before who, he's like, okay, I need to package your loan and, and make it look as good as possible. So that shows you kind of the mentality, I think. I'm not even sure anymore. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, hmm. Big stress in St. Louis, huh? So Cisco in the news today. Cisco's cutting some employees, and uh, I live in that area, you know, where Cisco's you know, main base is. Uh, they forecast tepid current results. They said they plan to cut another 6,000 jobs as network equipment maker works through a transition towards a new cycle of high-end switches and routers. Latest round of layoffs is at least the third workforce reduction in as many years. The company back in August of 2013, so about a year ago, said it would cut 4,000 jobs. Um, in 2011, they cut 11,000 jobs. Um, the market doesn't wait for anyone, and you know that's the bottom line here. So they have some tough decisions. They're going to have to manage costs aggressively and drive, you know, efficiencies. John Chambers, CEO, partly blamed the cuts on uncertainty in global demand in emerging markets where the company faces sluggish sales and increased competition. China product orders fell 23%, and Brazil had 13% declines. So it's pretty challenging out there. That's not good news. Let's see how old Cisco's stock is doing today. Now, Cisco's stock has been actually pretty strong this year. It's gone from about 20 bucks a share to 25, I guess a high of 26. So at one point in time, it was up, you know, what, 24%, not bad. So it's at 25, 24.50 today, not bad. Still a very good year. In a year where the market's gotten a little bit shaky, and due to political tensions in the world, you've seen some shake out. Uh, that's something I put in my newsletter that I sent out yesterday of, you know, the sectors are starting to skid a little bit, but... Oddly enough, the area that's doing really well is old tech. Um, just throwing it out there in case you care. 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. 800-516-1220. Um, so a lot of different factors are impacting this market right now. A lot of them are headline-oriented. Uh, the Eurozone is falling back into a recession, and that's not good, no matter how you look at it. You get... Continual retail weakness in the United States, and Walmart showed us again that today. We've seen it from other companies like Coach. Uh, we saw it from the retail sales numbers that from NARF, now Association Retail Federation. Um, you still have Vladimir Putin, you know, running around Russia, you know, doing everything he can to, you know, uh, kind of stir the pot, so to speak. So we'll see. Jobless claims data may shake things up a bit in the market. Um, you have to factor in some volatility. Today we saw unemployment benefits in the United States rose more than forecasts. So we're sitting at 311,000, which is still a very good number, but it's the highest in six weeks. You can find me online at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Big event coming up this Saturday in San Rafael. CFP Chad Burton's running the morning session on wealth preservation and retirement planning. You can sign up for the event at robblack.com. I'm running the after event, afternoon event on wealth creation. Uh, 20 things that you need to know, plus more. You can sign up for either or event at robblack.com. I saved a little bit of money. I put it in a vault. Hidden behind the face on the bedroom wall. I took everything I wanted.
Welcome in. Bob Black and your money. Joining me now, Jonathan Marino from TheStreet.com and TheDeal.com. He's the senior editor of TheDeal.com. How are you, Mr. Marino? I'm doing all right. Thanks for having me on. Um, interesting topic that we're going to be talking about today. Um, I didn't know much about it until I read your article, BuzzFeed versus YouTube. Give our, back, uh, give our listeners a little background on what is BuzzFeed. Right. So I, I think that the common misperception maybe is that we're all used to the clever cat blogs and, and listicles and amusing postings that, that have been on BuzzFeed for years. But the fact of the matter is, is they've become a much more serious media company now uh, and also an entertainment company, as is demonstrated by the most recent round of funding. Um, they've gotten into some pretty hard-hitting journalism, and they've been doing work and also opening up bureaus overseas. But one of the more, I guess, compelling factors of their development now has been the fact that they just took on earlier this week uh, $50 million in funding from VC firm Andrews and Horowitz, and they're going to be building out an entertainment studio, um, probably also on the West Coast, with some new hires that they've made um, over the next few months. And it's going to be interesting to see them kind of get into that same space that's you know occupied by YouTube and full screen and probably maker studios in the future as well. It's not just going to be news so much as it's also going to be actual entertainment content. Yeah, I'm taking a look at their website right now, and it seems like they do a lot of what YouTube does, but it seems to be better cultivated. So it, it's not as random. You go to YouTube's you know, homepage, and it's you, you, know, you never know what you're going to get. This looks kind of like a newspaper and things that I might want to click to see more of. I think that's a pretty good point. Um, one of the things maybe that that YouTube la- lacks is, is a sense of personalization, and that's in part tied to Google's uh, failure to really develop a substantive social network for, for its email users to migrate onto. Um, BuzzFeed seems to have a lot more of a hook into Facebook traffic, and so they get a little bit more of a lift on social. I feel like through their exposure to various social metrics, they have a little bit better of an idea of how to personalize not just their, obviously, desktop website, but also their app so it's a little bit more interactive um, with the average news consumer. And that's something that's probably also going to carry over into their entertainment product as well. I'm 40-plus, and I don't sometimes understand what's going on with the younger generation. I saw recently that 6 billion hours of video are watched a month on YouTube. Um, this is really about the future of, of media, in my opinion, and the, the advertising that goes with it. Um, you know, Not overnight, but suddenly YouTube's a big international media company that... You would, you would, did you think they were going to be the next NBC or bigger or ABC or Disney? Like it's, it's impressive how these guys are growing with such a young audience. Well, yeah, and there was also a pretty recent study um, that I found somewhat amusing. Um, apparently, with younger viewers, YouTube um, YouTube viral stars are, have a little bit more of a likelihood to resonate with them than traditional TV stars. And I think for our generation, obviously, you know, I'm 33, that that's a little bit different. Um, and that also goes, I think, to speak to the importance of not just having a social, quote-unquote, video platform, which I think BuzzFeed is going to be developing in the future, um, but also having something that's a little bit more interactive with users. And the, the fact that they can kind of get get involved and, and you know, just simply submit comments and, and jump into the discussion um, through, through a platform like BuzzFeed. And, and, you know, another perfectly good example also is the Huffington Post. And they have a very robust social platform that goes around their, their home-cultivated content. Um, I, I, think, I think both of these sites are going to be continuing to develop traffic in the future, um, in, in part because they're going to be siphoning that off of traditional media businesses that maybe haven't gotten out of the SEO mentality, as opposed to being a little bit more engaged via social. What else do we need to know about this story? I'm speaking with Jonathan Marino from thestreet.com or thedeal.com. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how the online video space is going to be playing out in the next, you know, six, eight, ten months in terms of M&A. You've obviously got a lot of companies that are going to be coming out, um, and obviously Maker Studios already acquired by Disney. Disney also, by the way, uh, this is according to a report in Fortune, at least, Disney was also looking at acquiring BuzzFeed. Uh, and I think that also, again, really goes to underscore how much the older media companies now view online presence uh, as being something that's going to make them a mainstay, which I think in you know maybe seven, eight, ten, even fifteen years ago wasn't really a part of every company's plan. Now it really is if you're an entertaining company. Down the road, do you see a BuzzFeed being acquired by a Yahoo, um, an Apple, maybe a Google? Do you see that happening, or do you think they could stand on their own? 
I think that they could stand on their own. Um, something that we reported at the deal um, was that they had considered an IPO and going their own route. I, if they do go that route, ultimately, I, I think it's highly unlikely that they would be acquired. It's going to be interesting to see what kind of leadership that they bring in there in the future and also you know, what kind of people they're going to be getting involved with its entertainment platform. You are an acquirer, but an actual competitor to them. You've seen them launch a very successful uh, live music stage now on Yahoo.com. And w with some of the hits and some of the acts that they've got on there, I think that that's really fertile ground for BuzzFeed to go marching into if they're going to be very aggressive with this online entertainment platform. And I really think that they are. Jonathan Moreno, Senior Editor at TheDeal.com. Anything else that we need to know about this story? Uh, no, I think we're all set, but once again, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. It's Jonathan Reno, Senior Editor at The Deal. You can find him at thedeal.com. Always good content. I like the tech angles. Um, he brought up and he dropped it, and we didn't have a chance to talk about it, but Yahoo's, uh, they, they're basically doing a major concert on a regular basis um, on their homepage, and, you know, it's caught my attention for sure. Um, anyway, just throwing it out there for you. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, if you want to see more of that, you can go to thedeal.com. Jonathan Marino, you can Google his name. Uh, a lot like the football player Dan Marino. Uh, his name is Jonathan Marino, but that's how you're remembering the last name there. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Um, let's see. Here, here's something that we didn't need to know. Um, Original Culture Club lineup reunites for the first time in 14 years. Woo! Uh, woo! I don't, I don't know what to make of that deal. So, I don't. Take a look at the market numbers. The SP 500 up 4, the Dow's up 27, the NASDAQ up 4. Gold down fractions in at 13, 14 an ounce, even though demand for gold has sunk 16% in the second quarter. Gold is one of those stocks that's pretty cyclical, tied towards things like Chinese New Year. Um, Indian wedding season. Um, so it's not something that you think of, but it does have some supply and demand ebbs and flows that can obviously uh, change momentum pretty aggressively. Um, 800-516-1220. BuzzFeed is a website, and we we're just talking about it. I'm kind of, I'm kind of liking it. Uh, check it out if you haven't. Now, again, uh, he even brought up, of Jonathan Marino brought up, and I brought it up a couple weeks ago, of how YouTube stars are resonating more with people under 20 than, say, Gwyneth Paltrow. And you can see it in, like, movies. People don't care anymore to go see a Tom Cruise movie. It's like, you've seen one, you've seen them all, right? So Cisco announces plans to cut 6,000 employees. I think of that story because I live close to Cisco, and I'm thinking, yeah, there's a guy at you know, a bar the other day that I was talking to that worked at Cisco. I wonder if he's going to lose his job. And that may get me to the point where I'm like, I can't go on vacations here. People around me are losing their jobs. I may be next. Uh, Lenovo reported a 23% increase in profits. Um, Lenovo is the biggest PC maker in the world. They basically bought IBM's PC unit and wants to become the biggest smartphone maker. And that's not good news for companies like Apple. Other big stories of note out there. Apple has banned the use of two chemicals, benzene and inhexene, during the creation of iPhones, iPads, and Macs to protect workers. Um, I don't really like this story because, to me, it's just it's PR. But um, Mark Zuckerberg sat in Adela and Dick Costello all dump ice-cold water on their heads to help raise money um, for ALS research. The challenge has racked up $2.3 million since it began at the end of July. Uh, th that means the viral trend is raising money at nearly 50 times the ALS Association's usual pace. So $2.3 million, you stop and think about that, and it's like, that's not that much money. And if it's 50 times, you're like, whoa, they only raised money about $20,000 since the beginning of July? So research in America, you know, I guess I like the story being kind of gimmicky. Um, and, you know, getting workers to unite and see their CEO get ice water dumped on his head, like, eh, I'm not that much of a fan of um, shtick. So anyway, uh, I guess seeing Mark Zuckerberg doing it. Like it was totally worth it, right? 
800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. One thing that's interesting about uh, Mark Zuckerberg is how ultimately um, unassuming he is. Uh, I've driven past him a couple times, and he doesn't drive the most expensive car, and he could. And I kind of like that. So just throwing it out there for you. I guess I'm kind of rambling a little bit, huh? Um, Wells Fargo trying to boost a little bit of pay um, for loan officers' top commission rates. Um, as, you know, there's a little bit of a um, shift in new home purchases. So trying to get them to go out and do more loans is what that's all about. 800-516-1220. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. I'm Rob Black. Big event coming up Saturday in San Rafael. Two events, one on wealth creation, one on wealth preservation and retirement planning. Wealth preservation retirement planning in the morning from 9 to noon. Four points Sheraton and the wealth creation in the afternoons. If you want a free admission, drop me an email, rob at robblack.com, rob at robblackshow.com. And uh, I've got about three of those to give away today, so do it sooner than later. Take a break here. Be right back. There's a story out there that's making me laugh, but for the wrong reasons. Don't get mad at me, because I'm a bit of a food snob. Shares of restaurant Red Robin down more than 20% after reporting second quarter profit sales and missed expectations. Do you know what the humor is there? Referring to Red Robin as a restaurant? Oof. Oof. Right? It's like, when I see that, I'm like, ha 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 ha, that's not a restaurant! That's the thought that's in my head, but the internal editor's on, so it doesn't come out. Um, what a mess. They're supposed to earn $0.90 cents a quarter uh, in the quarter. They earn $0.68 cents a share. That's a pretty big mess. Uh, operating profit as a percent of restaurant revenue declined to 22.2% from 23.3%. Lower margins basically came from higher food and beverage costs, and to a lesser extent, higher operating costs. And occupancy as a percentage of sales. Um, but the higher food cost kind of, that don't make me feel good. Walmart reporting disappointing earnings and cutting its outlook for the rest of the year don't make me feel good. Wednesday's July retail sales report showed that sales are flat over June, and that doesn't make me feel good. Um, that's, I don't know, I, I'm not quite sure I make, I'm putting enough of it together for you. But it's a bit of a problem. Uh, food costs, you know, we already did a story earlier today about Keurig raising coffee costs. And they're just basically playing along, you know, when the cost of green coffee uh, has risen 55% in the last year, it you kind of figure that it's going to cost more for you and me. So that's called inflation, consumer inflation. And... At the end of the day, you know, you're paying a buck nine for a cup of coffee versus a buck, for instance. Let's say there is nine cents. Um, did you get a raise of nine cents? And will you take that raise and save it for retirement, or will you take that raise and use it for coffee? You know, Google's building this super underwater trans-Pacific cable. I don't know if you've heard about it. It's going to go basically from Asia to San Francisco. Google, uh, it's an underwater cable, right? And some great footage of it has to be wrapped in Kevlar. So this big, massive fiber optic cable. Um, sharks, believe it or not, will eat cables. And they've long been a fiber cable foe. In 1987, the New York Times wrote that sharks showed an inexplicable taste of the cables, 
which were new at the time. So, interesting. I don't know if you remember the All Fiber Network. Maybe we'll pull this up one day, because it's actually pretty fascinating to go back. I want to say Tom Selleck did a commercial in 1986 for AT&T, where he talked about, when you make a phone call, it'll soon be clear as, you know, crystal. And ding! Like, do you remember there was days where phone calls weren't crisp and clean and clear? I guess they still aren't, right? Um, so Google announced it's teaming up with five Asian telecom companies to fund a $300 million underwater cable. That, to me, would be a fun project to work on, just to even, like, see the size and scope of it. It's going to connect the U.S. to Japan to ensure a super-fast connection for broadband and mobile content. Um, it's a lot of Kevlar. So I don't know if Kevlar is a commodity that you can buy, but it seems like, hmm... Certainly a little on the interesting side, right? 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls in the air. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about money, investing, and more. Um, taking a look at some of the you know, bigger stories of the day. Um, Eurozone GDP, missed expectations. Quick service restaurant names are being pressured by disappointing earnings. Other than Red Robin, there's also one called Noodles. Uh, Walmart reported inline results but lowered guidance. Strength today seen in consumer discretionary, financials, healthcare, and industrials. Weakness seen in consumer staples, energy, materials, and technology. Um, trying to get you know a, a feel for the markets today. Stock market's kind of holding its ground. Um, it's not a blowout day in any way, shape, or form. The Dow's up 20. The Nasdaq's up 8. S&P 500's up 4. Uh, Eurozone, going back to that story, the real GDP coming out, uh, was unchanged in the second quarter. Improvement in credit and equity markets there in recent years has tended to obscure the fact that real GDP is no higher than it was six years ago. The U.S. has at least some improvement in the long-term economic trend. We've put in more jobs than we had right before the recession. It took us a long time to get there, but we've done it. Cisco and Walmart are, you know, the big names today that are disappointing. Um, short-term sentiment is perhaps a bit better right now. Um, action doesn't appear too fragile, you know, from the previous two weeks. I wouldn't say we're in the doldrums, but um, it does feel like the end of summer on a personal level and on a business level as well. Um, getting people, you know, woken up and moving. Uh, it doesn't seem to be really happening all that fast. Um, Red Robin, back to them, you know, in their press release and their follow-up conference call. They removed NFL preseason for promotional activities. They still have regular season promotions. They expect some traffic declines following that decision. I know you're saying, wow. So, like, shares of Buffalo Wild Wings, when the NFL was about to go on strike, the shares really took a hit, and that creates a buying opportunity because you know the NFL is not going to strike for a whole season. Although 20 years ago, we didn't think baseball would either, did we? Um, so Red Robin puts a lot of their restaurants in your movie theaters. Um, and Red Robin, if it's a disappointing movie theater season, it's going to be disappointing for traffic there. So if there's just really stink movies, and we've had, we haven't had a great buffer year. So when you think Red Robin, think movies. If the movie's blockbusters, then maybe there'll be some upside. Just odd little things like that. Big seminar coming up this weekend in San Rafael. You can sign up for it right now at robblack.com. It's robblack.com. Views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Insightful. Informative. Irreverent. We're ready. The Wall Street Business Network. 
presents Rob Black and Your Money, your source for breaking news, market updates, and successful investment strategies for the 21st century. Sounds like a great program. Getting you to retirement in today's market. So let's get on with the show. Taxes, family finances, insurance, the economy, technology, media, and entertainment. Rob is talking about it with you at 800-516-1220. So call in, we'll chat, and uh, have some fun. Now, to start your day with the latest news and market commentary, here's Rob Black on the Wall Street Business Network. Welcome in. I'm Rob Black, talking all things financial, money, investing, and more. Anything you want to talk about, we can talk about. Be weary of people. Um, I was talking about, uh, with my producer, we were just talking about like lawyers, and I was like, oh, I've worked with lawyers before, and uh, they, they'll chat at you like they're your best friend, and then you get billed for it. You'll fire off a quick email, just like, um, so my wife cheated on me. Did I tell you that in our first meeting? Like, and the divorce attorney's like, that's another 15 minutes. Bill it. Bill it. It's another email. I'd be very careful on working with people who make profit from you. You always want to think about it. Uh, for instance, there's commercials out there for buying real estate in your IRA. It's a horrible, horrible idea. Uh, real estate's already diversified, so why put it in? Well, it's already tax-protected and tax-efficient. Why would you want to put it in an IRA? Um, it's typically a mistake to do, and the person who's telling you to do it, he sees that you worked at a company for you know, 20 years, and you got a 401k, roll it over to an IRA, and he's like, yeah, let's take $200,000 and do a, a big transaction. You know, let's go buy a house. Um, bad idea. 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. It's 800-516-1220 to get your calls on the air. Let's welcome in CFP Chad Burton. Chad Burton can be found at newfocusfinancial.com. I got an email recently, Chad. Uh, 51-year-old guy, no children, $40,000 in his 401k, $80,000 in an IRA account, so $120,000 at age 50, um, an emergency account of $20,000, and he wants to know, does he need a CFP? 51 with $120,000. Um, I think that maybe a a career advisor might be a little bit better because you're in a situation where I get those emails a lot too, Rob, and they're like, okay, what, what fund should I go in? They give me the, the, the safest growth-adjusted return or risk-adjusted return for the long run. That's not your situation. Your situation is, is you're going to be working until you're 75 years old. So make sure you're in a career that your body can handle until right. you're 75 years old. And that might mean, you know, instead of taking the next – Twenty thousand dollars to invest. Maybe get some retraining and get some get a career move. I know. It, I get emails like that, and I, it's almost insulting to send back an email saying you don't have enough to retire. You're probably not going to ever retire with the lifestyle that you see and the lifestyle is rich and famous. Get a better career. He's fifty-one, Chad. Yeah. He's been working for thirty years, and now we're telling him to get a job. It's that type of Plan B situation where okay, either it's reverse mortgage time, either try to get cheaper cost of living. I wouldn't mind moving to Thailand and have a little Thai, Thai woman walk on my back every day. There you go, yeah. A little Thai That's massage good. action. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk some rules of thumb in retirement. What do we need to know? Um, I think one of the, the worst rules of thumb that I see out there is you're going to spend less in retirement. That, that's true in your 70s and 80s. So a lot of people have a rule of thumb that they think they're going to spend less. Yeah. The, the old one was you're only going to need 70% of what you had when you were working in retirement. And the first couple of years, I see people spend more. Because of the vacations, the purchasing of the motorhomes, second homes, uh, going to see the grandkids, that, that type of thing. You're, you're, you're doing the honey-do list on the fix-up of the home, um, or you're doing the, the, the travel bucket list. You know, So you, you might spend a little bit more in retirement. Um, the other one is that tux, taxes will be cut in half in retirement. I'm not seeing that because more and more people are retiring with the bulk of their savings in 401ks. Yeah. So they're they're actually underestimating their taxes in many cases, and, and we're in a situation where as the economy approve, improves, taxes will probably go up, and some benefits will probably be cut. Gotcha. So I, I would not estimate taxes being cut in half. You do need a very detailed financial plan that you know so you know what your taxes 
are each and every year in your in your retirement income plan. And uh, the biggest one too, or one of the biggest ones, is healthcare is free. You know, I'll admit, at one point in my life when I was younger, I thought seniors got free healthcare. Yeah, I thought that's what Medicare was. Yeah. I thought we were given free healthcare to retirees, but it's not. I still talk to a lot of people that don't realize, or nor do they have a plan. They're retiring at 60. They have no idea what they're going to do from 60 to 65 for health care costs. But even after that, if you, you look at what the average person pays over retirement for their Medicare Part B, yeah, uh, which comes right out of their Social Security check. And by the way, if you make a lot of money, yeah. you'll pay twice as much as your neighbor because there's, there's two-year back testing on the income means for, for Medicare. Bitter. Because um, I do make a lot of money. Yeah, kind of a big deal. And kind of a big deal. And then you, but that's just, you know, you still have huge deductibles on Medicare. So you get a supplemental policy and then you have policies that cover prescription costs and then co-pay. So the average person is still going to pay, you know, five to 600 bucks a month minimum on average after they're even on Medicare. Through, and that cost is going up at five to 6% a year. You know where the rule of thumb came from? No, actually I don't. It was English law where a man was allowed to beat his wife with a stick so long as it wasn't longer or thicker than his thumb. No, the stick couldn't be thicker than a thumb. So it wow. He couldn't hit her with a bat, for instance. Um, and the judge basically became known as Judge Thumb. And it was, you know, back in the 1700s, English people had this whole satire thing going on where they'd print newspapers and, they'd, you know, turn a whimsical thing into hilarity. Mm-hmm. So, or a bad rhyme. So you were allowed to hit a woman, a wife, with a stick so long as it was no thicker than your thumb. Did an angry wife finally is shoot good, him with wait, a pistol? Is that a good rule? No comment. No comment. Just checking. Anything else we need to know? Bad rules of thumb for retirement? Uh, You'll be okay if you draw 4% or less out of your out of a portfolio that's balanced. You'll be fine. Um, there are situations where if you look at a person that retired in 75 with, with that rule, they were fine. But if you reverse the order of the returns in the stock market and the bull market, the bad market came first and the bull market second, yeah. they ran out of money at age 83. So you have to have more more of an income strategy than drawing 4% or less out of your portfolio. And the other one is you can retire with a million dollars. That's fine if you're 65 and you only want 40000 a year of adjusted income for inflation. That's not much money. A million dollars doesn't get to what it used to. No, not if you're going to – you've got to figure that you have to have enough to live till you're 100. With that said, that CFP Chad Burton, neither he nor myself endorsed hitting a woman ever with stick or without stick. I need to go on record for that, so – don't blame your domestic violence. I heard Rob Black say it was okay. I did not say that. You can find Chad Burton at uh, newfocusfinancial.com. That's newfocusfinancial.com. Don't forget, we do these wealth preservation retirement seminars all the time. You can find out about the one coming up shortly at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Burger King in the news today. Well, before I do that, let me plug the seminar this weekend. Um, big event in San Rafael. It's probably the last time I'm doing a Money 101, all things financial. Um, so that's in the morning, that's in the afternoon, one to four, and in the morning it's CFP Chad Burton's new focus on wealth. He's going to be doing, um, an afternoon, um, a morning event from nine to noon on wealth preservation and retirement planning. I feel like I got one minute of sleep last night. So Burger King said it's, um, it's, it's, it's drop and satis fries. The new French fry was an attempt to reach diners of cut back, uh, because they're health conscious. It turns out people weren't really satisfied with the saddest fries. Um, not the saddest, like, it's so sad. I'm a sad, I'm a sad potato. No, saddest fries. Fast food chain said it's dropping it from the U.S. menus, the lower calorie french fry. Um, no, no real fanfare on that one. Didn't really turn out too well, did it? I'm Rob Black. We want the greasy, sloppy, wet french fries. Find me online at robblack.com. Just a little bit of a reminder, and this is worthy of note, 
Cisco's cutting 6,000 jobs as its forecast falls flat. Last year, they cut 4,000 jobs. Uh, two years before that, they cut 11,000 jobs. Now, Wall Street typically likes this. But this was a big leader. This was a company that could do no harm, do no wrong in the 1990s. I want you to remember that because what stock you have now that's flying high, it may not in the future. And you have to understand that, you know, some, some of these things that were impervious, eh, maybe we found out that they weren't so impervious after all. Breakable after being so shatterproof. Let's talk a little real estate. BayAreaLoanSource.com. He's my personal mortgage lender, and he's someone you can use. He'll get the loan done. Let's talk about toughness on loans. It is a concept that I don't think a lot of people think about. Is it tougher for a 30-year-old to get a loan than a 60-year-old in general, just by age? Yes. Okay, why is that? Uh, Usually credit, debt ratios, income, down payment, everything. All things being the same, is it easier for someone to get a mortgage if it's the second or third mortgage they've got in their life versus the first? Well, this kid is straight. It, 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 they're not going to discriminate on age to begin with. It's, it's, it's more of just, you know, how you've set up your life over a period of time. Right. Gen- generally, the, you know, the older, you know, Generation X, gener- you know, baby boomers have more income, just more equity, more, more savings, yeah. and, and, so, and better credit scores and so on. So in general, yes, you're going to see that difference, but the, the, it really comes down to the ratios and the credit score and, and your down payment. Let's move on to the second one that I just brought up. Um, and move off of age and move into, if I've had three mortgages in my life, is the fourth one going to be easier to get than the first one? The only reason I can think of is that you have a better credit score because you have more trade lines. But it could be. And what it all comes down to is is the higher credit scores means you get a better rate, which means it's more affordable. So, yes, so it does trickle down into easier financing. 35-year-old wants to, he's got great credit, wants to spend $500,000 on a single-family home, or $500,000 on a condo, is the condo going to have a higher rate because it's not quite as attractive to the lenders of potentially taking over in foreclosure as a single family? Well, there could be several reasons why the rate could be higher or your payments could be higher. First of all, you have an HOA due, okay, and that HOA due calculate into an aggregate interest rate um, as though if it was a single family residence. Second, it could be a non a non-warrantable condo, meaning it, it's had a litigation on it, or there's too many renter-occupied instead of owner-occupied, which means you have to go to alternative portfolio financing, which could end up with a higher rate, and, and you could be in an arm, so you, you're a little bit riskier product. That's one of the reasons condos are, are risky and why, if I was a condo HOA, I would focus on keeping my, my tenants in line, saying this is what I need in order for us to continue being able to sell and, and refinance, keep, keep our numbers in line as far as all, all the 30 points that are on this HOA questionnaire that could cause it to be non-warrantable. Um, so, yeah, there's a big difference in financing, uh, if you're a 35-year-old, financing a condo than it is single-family. It can be cheaper. But, of course, you're going to spend more money on the single-family residence to begin with. Okay. Is Would you get a rate lower if, like, you had 30% down versus 20% down? In general, you are going to get a lower rate with more money down, yes. it's called, They're called risk-layered factors or adjustments. Huh. So the more equity you have, the better pricing you're going to get, which can translate into a lower rate, yes. And a lot of times if you have, for example, people, investors with bad credit, there's a lot of investors that buy properties on a yearly basis, and they, they have bad credit. It's because they have a lot of equity or down payment, which kind of compensates for that lower credit score. That's interesting. As a mortgage lender, using these factors that we've talked about, sometimes age, sometimes how many mortgages you've had, some debt that you're carrying, can people work with you or can you work with people and show them, look, if you put another 5000 down or $10,000 down, 5% or another 10% down, you'll get a much better rate. Absolutely. So you have something that tells you um, Rob qualifies for 4.5, but if he throws down another 10%, it'll be 4.2? It really should be the most rudimentary skill of a loan officer to be able to know those kinds of 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 differences between down payment and percentages. And it's all about, the, like again, those risk-layered adjustments. And, and it's the way a lender or an investor is going to price your loan out. It's, you know, you're, you're a different person than everybody else. And they're going to be different than, their, you know, their neighbor. And, you know, theoretically, one guy could have a $3,000 mortgage on the same house and another guy could have a $2,800 mortgage. And it all comes down to 
how much money he put down, how much credit credit score, and what interest rate he ends up with, and it's based on your character. A friend of mine predicted five years ago that mortgages will be bought and sold on Wall Street at some point in time. Not really happening, but do you see a, a day and age where people can go to Sears and get a mortgage, or people can go to Amazon? Yes, I do. Okay, so you think it's become more you can go to Costco and get a mortgage. Costco. Restaurants? Yep. I didn't know that. They do everything. Yep, they do everything. The thing they got into recently is money wiring, and they're doing it cheap, and they're basically killing Western Union, killing them. I like that. With that said, you can find Tony Mendez at BayAreaLoanSource.com. That's BayAreaLoanSource.com. Hey, Californians suffering a drought, so what do we do about it? Californians, uh, we're a big state, and 80% of our state's in drought, which is not good. Jerry Brown agreed to boost water spending to $7.5 billion, which was compromised, which was about 25% higher than he said the state could afford, as drought tightens its grips on cities and farms. So he signed the bill that he brokered with state lawmakers to place a measure on the November ballot asking for voter permission to issue $7.1 billion in new bonds, with $445 million to come from previous debt sales. You have to have water to live in a society. There's just no way around it. Uh, three years of below normal precipitation has caused this issue. Um, most major reservoirs are at less than half capacity. The need in California is pretty darn great. This replaces a Governor Arnold Schwarzenegger package that was pork laden, pretty pork laden. Um, Brown has agreed to devote $2.7 billion to storage, such as dams and reservoirs, after initially proposing about $2 billion. Republicans had won it $3 billion. The bond does a great deal of good for everyone. Um, $900 million will be spent for groundwater sustainability, $725 million for water recycling, $395 million for food protection. And if this doesn't work, I say we just invade Oregon. Just middle of the night, just sneak on in and start building pipes, bring it all down here. Kind of like the way, like way LA is taking the water from the Bay Area. It's time to take water from Oregon and then from Canada. Um, maybe Washington, I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I'll let Washington slide on this one. But it's time to take Oregon if this doesn't work. So that may be a bond you want to buy. Just so you know, bonds are IOUs. You can find out more about me at robblack.com. Got a big event coming up this weekend. Big event coming up this weekend in San Rafael. Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning in the morning. In the afternoon, Money 101, all things financial. You can sign up for either or of it at robblack.com. San Rafael, Four Points Sheraton, this Saturday. Welcome in, Rob Black, your money talking all things financial, money investing more. This weekend we're going to be doing an estate planning, wealth preservation, retirement planning event, Saturday from 9 to noon at Four Point Sheraton, San Rafael. You can sign up for it at robblack.com. Any week that we do that, we bring in an estate planner to chat with us, our estate planner, uh, Michelle Lerman. Uh, how are you, Miss Lerman? I'm great. You. What's an estate plan, real quick? An estate plan is uh, a set of documents where you instruct your family what you want to happen if you were ever incapacitated and if you should die. You appoint someone to be in charge, and you also tell your family where you want your assets to go. Now, we know someone very famous just passed away, um, San Francisco's own Robin Williams, Let's talk about the estate plan that he had because he pulled in like $160 million in his lifetime of movies and television deals. So he had a lot of money left behind. 
He did have a lot of money. In fact, uh, there were some estimates that he's left around $130 million, but it appears that it's probably more like $50 million. It's still obviously significant. And in addition to that, he had several films in the works that are going to be generating additional income beyond that. He was, um, he was really beloved. Uh, boy, comic genius, uh, Oscar, two Emmys, four Golden Globe Awards. He really left quite a legacy. And what is also remarkable, as tragic as, and shocking as his passing was, is that apparently from what we're seeing, he did plan for his family so that he can focus on their grieving and not have to worry about all the unnecessary complications with his estate. So he did some things right. Now, he had a couple of trusts for his kids. One that was set up, basically, that was to be used while he was alive. Let's talk a little bit about that concept. He did something very smart. We don't exactly know the context of when he set this up in his life. It was likely when he was going through a divorce. Uh, The trust is dated from 2009. And he set aside money and gifted it into that trust for his children during his lifetime. So that trust wasn't dependent upon him dying. The kids were going to get it at the set ages set trust. And for very wealthy people, this is an excellent strategy because, number one, it saves the state tax. You're getting assets out of your estate. I mean, think about it. Um, He transferred those assets in 2009. Asset values were much lower then. And if he hadn't done that, think about what the value of of his current estate would be if those assets were still in his trust. So it's a smart thing to do, saving estate tax, protecting assets, and also prevent fighting. At least we know the kids are taken care of. We don't know what they got. We don't know what's in the trust, but they did get something. So moving on, what else do we need to know about his trusts as far as we're talking about Robin Williams and his enormous wealth that you don't want to go to taxes. You want to protect it a little bit. You want you know money you earn to be thrown into the people that you love to, uh, into their lives after you're gone. What else did we learn about his trust? Well, you asked me an interesting question, what is an estate plan? And I said it's an instruction on who's going to be in charge and who gets what. And this next point is it's also a way to minimize taxes and probate costs because it's very expensive in California to have to go through court. And what he did is he does own a property in Napa. He owns another property in Tiburon, California. And he put them into a trust. And the benefit of putting assets into a trust, even if you're not giving them away like the other trust did to the children, he was still using these assets, living in the house, is that you avoid it going to court. And so that's what he's done. He's set up a trust to own his real estate, and his Hollywood um, producer and entertainment promoter uh, and his accountant, Joel uh, Fadden, are set up as the trustees. So uh, although I'm talking about it now, it does remain relatively private because we don't know the exact terms of that trust. It doesn't need to be filed anywhere in court. The only reason people know about it is because these two people were held uh, held title. And when you own title to the real property in a trust, the name of the trust is on title, but not any of the terms of the trust. So it also keeps it private. Michelle Lerman with LermanLaw.com. She'll be at the event this weekend talking estate planning. Um, what would our average listener get out of an estate plan? Because like, Californians are different than Robin Williams, per se. Right. And so anyone who has loved ones really wants to avoid the pain and the stress and the publicity of going to probate court. And in California, even if you own a home that's 500000 gross value, and that's in California considered a pretty modest home, and right. it doesn't matter if you have a loan on it for 400000 Typically, you're going to want to put that $500,000 home into a living trust so that you avoid the thousands and thousands of dollars it would cost to go through probate if you died owning that home in your own name. So our hearts go out to Robin Williams, and I feel a legacy that, uh, that he's left all of us with. We will miss him. I've got a Robin Williams story because I met him personally once, but I can't tell it because it's not in the best light. Mm. So it's pretty unfortunate. Good judgment. 
Yeah, I'm gonna wait. I'm gonna wait one week. But if people want to email me, that's a whole different thing. Um, thanks very much. It's Michelle Lerman. You can find her at LermanLaw.com. That's LermanLaw.com. Talking about the estate plan of Robin Williams, which again, you know, it, it something that happens. Uh, when my dad passed, he wanted to be buried at Arlington Cemetery, and you know, it took too long for us to figure that out. We had to go through his finances. We had to get him in the ground sooner rather than later. It was a snowy, icy season. It's, you know, when someone passes, you you go through a process. And one of the things you could do for your loved ones is go through the process for them and get a trust and estate plan put in place so that they don't have to find some of this information, that they don't have to, you know, figure out, you know, how things are played out. Um, he had a good estate plan, it looks like. Um, not a great one, but pretty good. Philip Seymour Hoffman did not have a good one. The... You know, both of them won Oscars. He died with, uh, I think he won an Oscar, Robin Williams. Um, you know, a 10-year-old son and didn't identify two of his kids. Philip Seymour Hoffman did. Um, Hoffman had a large estate, believed to be about $35 million, which in large part when uh, it's going to, you know, when you're not married, the state taxes due at his death. Um, so you have a partner and, you know, ching, like, it's not transferred to the wife, per se. So... Robin Williams had two trusts, uh, you know, a state tax he saved money on, um, protected assets, he prevented fighting. The kids don't have to go, you know. Um, Philip Seymour Hoffman, his one kid was identified and the other two weren't. Like, that's going to be an awkward Christmas, right? Um, he set the trust up to um, own his real estate, Robin Williams did, having Hollywood producer and entertainment promoter Stephen Tenenbaum and New York accountant Joe Feeden as trustees. Um... An accountant as a trustee, typically an okay idea. Um, I think adding your children to become your trustee is a bad idea. Um, I know families that, you know, they go, well, daughter number two is better than daughter number one at money. Therefore, we're going to let her be the trustee and, you know, help decide how things get distributed. And what you find is, like, husband number one, who's married to daughter number one, he wants, you know, a say in this, or, he, you know, he goes out and buys a car because he knows a million dollars coming, and then it doesn't, like, it can be really, really, really sticky, and it could cause a lot of friction in families. Um, so trusts um, can be something that helps loved ones at a time of pain. Uh, you know, it can save cost, it can save stress. Um, so do having a little bit of, you know, uh, foresight in this, will go a long way. And if you don't have a trust or an estate plan, you can go to Lerman Law, LermanLaw.com, and consider it. Um, just my opinion, just my advice. Um, throwing it out there. Um, if you own a home in California, it's it's a no-brainer. So, uh, period. Now, again, you're like, well, before I die, I'm going to sell that home. Yeah, Big uh, event this weekend coming up, just in case you want to know. Um, not this weekend. Well, there is a big event, San Rafael. Um, two events. One of them is Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning, and that's with CFP Chad Burton and estate planner Michelle Lerman. They'll be running through that. Um, and it's 9 a.m. to noon at the Four Point Sheraton in San Rafael. I'm going to be doing a Money 101, all things financial, for those who are learning how to accumulate wealth. Uh, it's all the content you've heard on this show. But you can sign up at robblack.com. That's robblack.com. Um, it's focused, and uh, hopefully that'll work well for you. I'd love to see you out there, um, you know, quite a bit. Um, I don't get to Marin very often. It's a bit of a drive for me, so um, it's a bit of a pro- it's it is what it is. <laughs> you can sign up for the event and learn more about it at robblack.com. Katie, okay, second thing that I want to mention is Katie O'Debbie is having a private reception with Steve Forbes um, Thursday, August 21st from 6.30 to 8. If you want to meet Steve Forbes and hear him chat, um, it's going to be August 21st. You have to sign up online. Um, and it's tied towards the money show. That's you know basically in town next week. Uh, San Francisco Helton Union Square. Beautiful location. But we've got a couple more spaces available to meet Steve Forbes August 21, 2014. You can learn more about the event by going to kdow.biz.
So, headlines always make me smirk. I work in television, as well as radio, and there's not a lot of news in news. And I don't mean that too negatively. Um, I guess I do. So, it's tough for me to watch news and not go, I know how that story really played out. Oh, I know how that story really played out. Um, but the headline that I love today is, Man Shot at Peace Concert. I'm like, okay, I'll bite. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm in. You had me at that headline. Man was fatally shot outside a Philadelphia concert being held to promote peace and stem violence in the city. <laughs> That's just awesome. Like, it's tragic that someone died. Did he die? Um, got into an argument with someone in the parking lot. Police said the shooter opened fire, striking the victim. He was rushed to Temple Hospital. Oh, he did die at 2 a.m. My advice, and this is, again, thank goodness he's 3,000, 4,000 miles away and the family doesn't have to hear me ramble about their 20-year-old child tragically being shot. My advice is never argue with people. Because you never know. People are crazy. Um, concert featuring rap music was attended by about 600 people. Um, I don't know. Another you know, headline that got me was the guy camping out at Walmart for two days. They're going to have to make a movie on this guy. I mean, I want the movie rights right now. How do you get away with camping out for 48 hours, not getting caught, eating store food? He even took a fish from the uh, pets department and put it in his like little makeshift tent. It tells you how big those stores have to be, right? So... Um, you watch TV. I mean, there's there's a lot you could do in Walmart, right? Um, and these are super centers, which, you know, you push out a couple boxes here, and you may not be seen. So, uh, something about that story makes me smile, though. Markets are okay. You know, we've kind of definitely hit some summer doldrums. That's a bit of a problem. Um, food companies are struggling today. Um... Burger King is ending their saddest fries, which is the saddest story of the day. Uh, but on top of it, Red Robin having an awful quarter. A company called Noodles having an awful quarter. One thing about Americans is we love to eat out. Um, but we're changing our, our eating out habits pretty aggressively. Um, like the potato. They're saying potato prices are plummeting right now because Americans... We don't really want potatoes anymore. And I get that. Like, you know, one of my exes really enjoyed cooking potatoes. Like, she really enjoyed cooking. I was like, you can, everything, everything. She was awesome. And I was like, you could probably cut down on the potatoes. You know, I don't know if I need the starch. Like, Americans are, are, we've changed. So, um, (laughs) Red Robin, here's a headline. Red Robin, latest eatery not named Chipotle to tumble. Yeah, they're all struggling right now, uh, except for Chipotle. Chipotle's going to have a problem, though, because they spend a lot on rent, and that's going to go higher. They spend a lot on quality food, and that's going to cost more. And paying employees, it's probably going to cost more in the future, don't you think? As unemployment ticks a little bit higher. Not as unemployment, but as... You know, our nation marches to, uh, you know, higher minimum wages and um, livable wages and thoughts like that. So let's take a look at Noodle's chart, and it's gone from 50 at the start of the year, 24, uh, 52 weeks ago. It's it's lost 50% of its value. Like, I'm just going to be honest with you. Like, there's some stocks that shouldn't be traded, and, like, you should just say, not for me, and just pass on it. Uh, noodles develops and operates fast casual restaurants, various cooked order dishes, including noodles and pastas and soups and salads and appetizers. It's got about 400 locations. Oh, another problem that Chipotle is going to have down the road is that they've already got 1,600 restaurants. So they really have to get that. Uh, they've got a couple concepts that they're working on, one being pizza and one being um, oriental food, um, Asian food. Oh, my God. Is there a right way to say Asian food? or is it, Did I just offend people by saying oriental? I probably did. I'm sorry if I did. Like, that's how sensitive you have to be on radio at times. Um, anyway, just throwing it out there that uh, 
they have to come up with some new concepts. They need new concepts. Um, old tech's been doing really, really well recently. Uh, President Obama's going to make a statement today. At uh, He's going to talk about something. We don't know, but it's coming out. Taking a look, um, I'm looking at decliners and upgrades and seeing if there's anything like super you have to know. I'm not seeing anything really breaking. It's, how about TJ Maxx? Oh, they're going to report you know numbers today. In a pretty general weak retail weakness, um, I kind of like TJ Maxx. Uh, I've owned it very, very successfully in the past. Store check suggests the quarter's tracked essentially in line with expectations. So, got a big event coming up this weekend, San Rafael, Four Point Sheraton, uh, Wealth Preservation Retirement Planning in the morning from 9 to noon with CFP Chad Burton, Michelle Lerman, and myself. I'm going to go over some dividend stocks, um, talk some other ideas, Eurozone GDP missed expectations, Walmart reported inline results, lowered guidance for fiscal year 2015. Um, that's really the headlines, right? That's the, the brunt of them. So consumer discretionary financials, healthcare, and industrials strong today. Uh, weakness in consumer staples, energy, and materials. So this is a market that's we're seeing some weak retail numbers, and that's not going to bode well. Uh, now, again, that's on one hand. On the other hand, we're seeing more employment, but we're having a problem getting under 6%. So start working with some flags. Maybe change you know the way you position your portfolio a little bit. Not dramatically, but a little bit. Uh, rebalancing is very, very important. Don't forget to sign up for the event at robblack.com. That's this weekend in San Rafael. Sign up at robblack.com. The views and opinions expressed by Rob Black and his guests are not necessarily those of the Wall Street Business Network, this station, its management, owners, or advertisers, and should not be construed as legal, tax, or investment advice. Always consult with the appropriate advisor before making any investment or financial planning decision. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.